Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't remember. I, I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, on our never-ending I Work Ram desire to bring you guests and discussion that will challenge the way you think about your faith and work. Today we are talking with Karis Hillman Brown. We had her on several months ago. She wrote an incredible book, and I brought her back to talk more about her book, but also more about her testimony, because those of us that are fast approaching 50 need a new perspective on those that are fast approaching 30, late 20s, early 30s. I, I was trying to say 20 and 30 at the same time. And we need help in understanding this, because if you're running a business or if you're a leader in a business and you got a bunch of 20 and 30-year-olds in your business and you're treating them the same way that you treat your 50-year-olds, you're making a mistake because they have a shift in their paradigm that you didn't necessarily have. So I'd like to welcome Karis Hillman Brown. Welcome back to the I Work For Him. Oh, my word. To the I Work For Him show. Thanks, Jim, so much for having me. Oh, it's awesome. I'm just glad that your lips seem to be working because mine seem to be... My rental contract <laughs> must have run out just a little while ago. Uh, <laughs> all right, so when we had you on the show earlier this fall, it was such a thrill. It was so much fun to hear your voice and get your perspective that I wanted to bring you back today with a real focus on how do we as business owners, business leaders, coworkers, and employees really... How do we 
approach the next generation. But before we get into that, I really want to hear from your heart. How is Christ making an impact on Karis Hillman Brown today? Well, uh, Jim, I grew up in a home that was, uh, we were Christian named, but we had a hard time relating to one another. Um, my dad and mom had a difficult marriage, and uh, so that had a big effect on me. And even though I was technically saved at the age of five, you know, my dad explained the gospel to me. Um, I invited Jesus into my heart at five, but I didn't really know what it meant. And um, then they divorced when I was 12, and I really struggled um, in my teen years. I struggled with depression and cutting, and um, sooner or later, I just I just hit a breaking point where I just thought, I can't go on like this. This is not working for me. And so I really asked God, God, what, what, what did you bring me here on this earth to do? What did you create me for? Because I really don't know why I'm here. And so um, at that time, I was just turning 17, and um, he... He brought a specific in, um, situation into my life that made me realize that he was real, and um, and so my life after Christ is that I'm not depressed anymore. God did a huge healing work in my emotions, and my family life is completely different. And God showed me my true personality, and currently going through a process of uncovering the gifts and talents He's given me, and I experience joy for the first time like I never had before. Hmm. I, I love what you just said, that you're experiencing a huge healing in your emotions. A huge healing, I can't remember, you write it down, I, I wrote it down, a huge healing work in your emotions. I mean, it's, it's powerful because that's what needs to happen because of how the enemy had a grasp on your emotions. You needed to be healed. It needed to be restored. It needed to be redeemed. But that's what your relationship with your Heavenly Father has done for you. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I had a difficult uh, relationship with my own dad growing up, but um, when I began to, you know, develop this relationship with God, he became my Heavenly Father, and things would happen in my life that I just knew as God. And so, you know, he became my perfect Heavenly Father, and even, you know, now, I mean, nobody on this earth is perfect, and so we all struggle with, you know, our own failures and our own little quirks and insecurities, but, you know, I mean, our own fathers are never going to be perfect, even though they try their best. And so, you know, each of us has to kind of, you know, reconcile that and knowing that God is our perfect Heavenly Father. If we can just reach out to Him and trust Him, He will show us and meet us where we are. I, I, I appreciate your transparency in sharing your testimony because there's a lot of people out there, men and women, who suffered from depression because of of anger or whatever that had to do with their parents getting divorced. A lot of people out there that cut because it just, it helps them feel the raw emotion because they were, they were so repressed in their emotions. I mean, it was, there's a lot of pain and heal, hurt out there. You mentioned that God is healing your emotions. How did you deal with the anger and the bitterness? How did you deal with that? Is that part of the emotions that you're working on? Or, or I mean, because that's really what I see a lot of people that really struggle with the anger and the bitterness. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and it doesn't even have to just be, you know, the cutting or whatever. I mean, it it could be drugs or, you know, addiction or something like that. And so, I mean, it's it's something where it's like you have to just kind of resolve it. And, you know, like, I mean, God used several things in my life. One was a Bible college I went through. I went to a great church um, that was really focused on discipleship. Um I went through a program called Life Skills that really focused on, you know, emotions and kind of the things we grew up with in our lives that we don't even know affect us. And so um, those are some things that God used in my life. And then also people to speak into my life, you know, speak 
uh, truth into my life and encourage me where I was. And so God used all of those things to help bring me to a place of wholeness. And of course, you know, we're still all on the journey, but, but God used just all those things to help me. A place of fullness. You're heading towards a place of fullness and wholeness. I love that. A place of wholeness. That is so that is so awesome. And, and I love the way you said that you, God brought mentors into your life, people to speak truth into you. And that mm-hmm. is, again, so important. So that's, that's fantastic. I love that about your story because it's real. And because of that perspective, you, you decided to approach the business people in today's world that are your age and, and developed a Today's God is First devotional for people that are where you're at as opposed to the, where people where I'm at. So people that are fast <laughs> approaching 50, don't laugh. 50 is not that old, Karis. Wait, no, it's what? Well, I can't believe you're laughing. Okay. So, you know, but, the, but there's a difference in the perspective because of what you've lived through. And so you came out with a devotional this fall called Today's Got His First, or TGIF Next Gen. Uh, and, and so tell me, why? What's it all about? Well, this devotional book is uh, just just out of Bible college and the things that I was realizing about God and discovering about Him. It was written over a period of two to three years, and I just began to write revelations that God was sharing with me. And so um, a lot of it just deals with everyday life and connecting to the heart of our Heavenly Father, but there's also a, a few devotionals in here on work, and, um, you know, there's one in July, 20, July 23rd and, and everything, and it talks about that verse that you often mention, Colossians 3, 23 and 24, mm-hmm. you know, the work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. And so, you know, that's just a really important perspective when you just pull all that together and your whole life is a sacrifice to God and just, you know, putting him first in every area. People really, the rest of that verse is for it's the Lord Christ whom you serve in Colossians mm-hmm. 3, 23 and 24. And people in your generation don't have, actually, because Star Wars came out with the, you know, episode one, two and three. But in my generation, everybody understands what a Lord is because they, they all saw what an evil Lord Vader was like. And I, <laughs> and I always use this as a joke. I mean, I always use this as perspective because a lot of people really struggle with what does Lord really mean? Well, we all know that when Lord Vader walked into the room, everybody cowed. And everybody was afraid he was going to do the whole fingers around the throat thing without touching him kind of deal. (laughs) Yes, Lord Vader. Okay, Lord Vader. Right away, Lord Vader. Why do we struggle with we have a Savior who loves us compassionately, completely, fully, wants what's best for us, yet when he wants us to do things, we say, yeah, not right now, Jesus, I'm kind of busy. That's not really (laughs) what I had in mind. You know, to understand the value of saying, yes, Lord. Absolutely, Lord. I know you have what's in my best interest, Lord. Okay, Lord. And that's that perspective is understanding what does Lord really mean? Yeah, yeah. I think there has to be a trust factor. And I think that's why, you know, this devotional is, is important because, you know, there's so much, so many of us that have a distrust of authority and a distrust of, you know, maybe um, Christian people because of something that we've experienced in our lives. And so we have to develop that trust and get that trust back so that we can trust God with our lives and trust God with our hearts and trust Him with different areas of our life. And I think that's just an outworking process. But to really, you know, see who God was for real through these mentors and through the things that God used in my life. I mean, I had a perspective of religion, but not of relationship when I was far away from God. And so, you know, there, there was a huge shift in my thinking as far as, like, 
who God was and realizing that He was a good God and that He really loves me and He really um, cared about me as one of His daughters. And so I think that's, you know, the direction that we should try to be going when we think about who really is God. I love that. And when we come back, I want to take that a little bit further on how we can help churches and ministries really gain your perspective on how to approach the next generation of believers and deal with the issues that they've been dealing with so that they can actually be reached for Christ. Kara Selman Brown calls in from the Atlanta area, and she's got a perspective that we all need to have. Those of us in business, those of us in ministry, those of us in neighborhoods with kids 20 and 30 years old, you can approach them with the gospel the same way you would. 30 years ago, because these kids look at life differently. Karis Hillman-Brown, welcome back to the I Work For Him show. Thanks so much, Dan. All right, so here's here's the question. The next generation, generation of believers looks at life and church with a very different point of view than the last couple of generations. Why do you think they're so skeptical about church and the quote-unquote Christian lifestyle? Well, Tim, I think that many of us are skeptical because we've seen a lot of hypocrisy, maybe, you know, teaching a certain way and then not living it as well. And so I think people are a little bit, you know, in office to the gospel because they they want to see modeled what is being taught. And so um, it's just really important, I think, to be authentic, being an authentic Christian, you know, living the life that we teach about and, um, you know, really experiencing God in our lives in an authentic way and, you know, showing His love and care to other people. One of the biggest things that can be a detriment to being able to have your faith shared in the workplace is for you to be one person on Sunday and another person on Monday. People sniff it out. Nobody's in, nobody is ever fooled by somebody who says they're a Christian, and yet they do things that really, that they don't think that matches up with what Christianity is all about. And that's really why this show exists, because a lot of people just need encouragement to say, okay, I, it's okay for me to allow my faith to impact my work. But yet there's not a lot of training for that in the church. There's not your church that you go to up North. Do, do you have, do your sermons, do they, are they intentional about saying, and here's how you apply this to your daily workplace tomorrow? Um, well, they're getting there. Um, you know, I think I think the teaching is good as far as, you know, morality and, you know, loving God and worshiping Him and everything. But you're right. I mean, this is this is why, you know, there's such a need for, for your radio show and for this message to be shared, because, you know, if, if we were able to train more people to really live out their faith at work, you know, we would see a more holistic approach to the gospel. We would see less cheating on the expense report, we hope. You know, you know, if we're putting God at first in our lives, we're treating others with love and respect. You know, if we're putting Him in our lives every day, then, you know, there's certain principles that we hope to live by, and that makes our lives better, and in turn, um, God's glorified. And so it's just such a holistic approach to the gospel. And you're right, people can sniff it out from a mile away. So it's truly important that we are, you know, authentic. And I think that's what I've seen in this in this next generation that you've written this book for, TGIF Next Gen, is that these kids are, they have seen hypocrisy at home, they can sniff out a fake, and they are not interested in fake, they want to see real. And, and this is my mm-hmm. opinion, I'm not a social psychologist, but in my opinion, you, know, you grew up in a, broken, a home that was broken by divorce, and so did the over the majority of your generation uh, and sometimes multiple divorces and in your generation i think uh, this is my opinion that that has really impacted how they view god 
Do you think that mm-hmm. do you think that impacted your view of God? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I grew up thinking that God was angry and judgmental, and um, you know, He only loved me if I did everything right, and He only loved me if you know I I was you know just acting perfectly. And so, I really had a hard time and struggled with my relationship with God initially because I believed those things, and um, you know, and that really has a big effect on how you live your life and how you view God, but. God, what I realized was, is that God is not that way at all, and He wants us to come to Him just as we are, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, He wants to be able to to speak love into our lives and speak hope into our lives, and, you know, I came to find out, <laughs> that God is not uh, um, at all like many people that I, I grew up with in the Church, and so, you know, we really have to be um, brave enough to seek out God for ourselves, and it says in His Word that when we seek Him with all of our heart, we will find Him. And so that is my prayer for everyone today and, you know, for those that um, read this devotional book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, the prayer that God is always willing to answer is, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me, because mm-hmm. I don't get it. That's a prayer He will answer every time. How did how did you going through a divorce impact your willingness to get married? <laughs> well, I swore that I would never get married when I was in my teens because um, my parents' marriage was just not fun. I mean, they, they fought a lot, and I also had nightmares with a little kid, and so I just thought, you know, that's not for me. I don't want to be a part of that. But then uh, when I uh, became part of a church that was really modeling healthy marriages, I thought, wow marriage is really different than I thought it was. And here are two people, you know, couples that really love each other and really respect one another and honor each other and they're still together and they have a good time together. And so um, when I met my husband at the, the church, you know, we were we were just friends and I, I thought, wow, he's a really nice guy. And that has been just so central to our relationship is just being friends and, you know, just Seeing all those healthy marriages really changed my perspective of people that put God first in their relationship. And, you know, they love, the the husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church. And so seeing that model just really changed my mind about it. That's cool. And and the issue is, (laughs) the issue is we need to spread that word amongst people 20s and 30s that marriage is possible and it's God possible. It's, you know, every, that doesn't mean that your marriage is fault free because you guys have probably had mm-hmm. an argument or two, right? Since you got married. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just to say, okay. So marriage has been perfect, but, but marriage is awesome. I mean, I've been married 28 and a half years. It's awesome. Uh, I can't imagine not being married and I can't imagine how tough it is for kids though, that have grown up in a broken home to go, well, why even get married? Because people get married, they get divorced. And I mean, it really messes with young people's minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we've lost the value of what a promise means. You know, we, we get to the altar and we promise, and then it, it really takes on a new meeting when you go through a struggle or you go through a trial. And you know, my husband and I have only been married for five years, so I can't speak, you know, to the level of experience and, you know, overcoming that you can. But, you know, I just think there's there's such a value in, um, you know, going through and resolving some of those past hurts and issues and letting God heal the brokenness and letting God into some of those places so that we can, you know, move forward and He can... He can provide that person that, you know, we're supposed to be with. And 
Um, I'll just say this really quickly, but there was a person that I was dating, and um, God spoke to me really clearly and told me that that wasn't the right person I was supposed to be with. And I'm so glad that he said that because I wouldn't have had a chance to meet Justin, my husband. And, um, you know, God just orchestrated it. So I think that, you know, just tuning our ears to God, letting Him fill our hearts, letting Him feel those past uh, situations, um, then that can set us up for a brighter future. And being around people who have healthy marriages as well is really big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is that's true and and so that's a call out to all of you that have a healthy marriage or even a marriage that's working maybe it could use some improvement but that you can model that marriage works in your churches you don't have to be a Sunday school teacher you don't have to be a Bible study leader you can just be a healthy couple just hanging out with a younger couple just to let them know it's possible it's possible it's possible and it's possible to have it awesome and, and I, you mentioned one other thing Karis that I thought was very very powerful you mentioned that our the next generation doesn't understand the value of a promise and really it's deeper than that because marriage isn't a promise it's a covenant mm-hmm. and, and that's what nobody almost nobody understands what a covenant is I mean a covenant is it, it's it's an all in you never look back. It's burn the ships. We're not going home kind of a deal. And, and that's what people don't understand. And marriage can work if uh, Martha and I have seen it. It doesn't matter what shape the marriage is in. If husband and wife are willing to work on it, every marriage is savable. Every marriage is savable. But husband and wives have to be willing to work on it and forgive. We got to forgive. And you'll either forgive while you're still married or you're on the figure forgiven down the road <laughs> because you have to forgive. Otherwise, you kill yourself with bitterness. That's so true. You mentioned, as we were emailing back and forth, getting set for today's show, that you know you really wanted to talk about the idea about making God our first love and how that would have an all-encompassing impact on our work. How do you see that? Well, um, Jim, last time we talked, I, I had asked, actually asked my husband you know, what he thought was important for uh, 20-somethings to know about you know, their work or about God, he he actually said, you know, the most important thing to him that he learned was just making God your first love. And, uh, you know, how that affects us, I think, is that when we make God our first love and we put him first and we're kind of asking him, you know, about everything, like, God, you know, what do you want me to do about this? Or what do you want me to do about that? And so, you know, if, if we're putting him first, we're, we're not going to be cheating on the expense report. You know, we're, if we're putting him first, we're not going to be cheating on a test. Or, you know, if we're putting him first, we're, we're allowing him to come into any area that we're asking him about. And so I think that's really powerful. And I think if we had more people that were asking God what he would have us do in something and putting him first and, you know, just having that, you know, back and forth relationship. And I think it can make our lives a whole lot better and make the world around us brighter. The reality that God cares about the intimate details of our lives changes everything. When people understand the, I mean, the reality of that, that there is nothing too small that he doesn't care about. And, and just from the mere fact, I can't remember what it was because <laughs> I'm getting old and I forget things, but I was walking out of the room today on my way out the door and I wasn't going to be home the rest of the day. And God reminded me, don't forget to go back and get this. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, boy, that would have been ugly if I had left the house without it. And he cares about those details, simple, small little details. If we will just listen, as you've said, it's, it's powerful. Karis Hillman Brown. Talking about her new book, TGIF, TGIF Next Gen, and also how we 
as older business leaders can make an impact positively and, and really learn how to utilize the skills, the talents, the abilities of this upcoming next generation. Karis, welcome back. Karis, can you hear me now? Thank you, Jim. You're very, very welcome. Listen, I want to do a highlight on your book because I want to give away a copy of your book because people need to know how cool your book is and then they need to get a copy of this. So listen, it's time for a book highlight segment brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. And no, this isn't Karis Hillman Brown, her bookstore. It's the one (laughs) that my wife works at. It just happens to have the same word at the front, which is grace. Karis Christian Books and Gifts have been part of the Largo community for over 29 years, located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Elmerton Road in Largo. Their 2,400 square foot stores open to the public seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop, C-H-A-R-I-S dot com. Be the first person to call into the studio line today at 855-265-2929 and we'll give you a copy of the book we highlight today, written by Karis Hillman Brown, TGIF Next Gen. Karis, give us a short blip on what's this book all about. Well, TJF Next Gen is biblical encouragement for the emerging leader, and it's basically just, you know, revelations that I received from God over the last several years, and um, just about connecting to the heart of our Heavenly Father, and also to bring, uh, you know, God into our work and worshiping Him in everything we do. Fantastic. So if you'd like to get a copy of this book written by a millennial for the next generation specifically on how to incorporate your faith in Christ into everything you do each and every day, there's 365 devotions for those 365. Did you get 365 or 366 devotions, Karis? Well, 365. But you can go to our website, org, and we have tons more devotionals. Okay, all right. So for for 2016, the next time we have a leap year, you'll have to go somewhere else to get that you know, February 29th one. All right, listen. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929. And remember, you got to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. Karis, as we were talking the last half hour about how that the impact of growing up in a broken home and seeing your folks get a divorce and having to deal with that pain and how it really changed your perspective and your ability to trust people, including trusting your Heavenly Father. It really made an impact, didn't it? It did, yes. And, and as we tie that to our workplace, a lot of, and, and this is what we're, as we're talking to workplace leaders and we're talking to uh, workplace owners, that if you are trying to present yourself as somebody that is an authority, they're not, the people in their 20s and their 30s who grew up in a broken home are going to have a lot harder time trusting you until they know you are really trustworthy, that you're going to do the things you say you are going to do. I mean, it really impacts how you look at work, doesn't it? It does, Definitely. All right, so for more on that subject, you had some of your friends call into the show today, and, and they're experts. I mean, we're, we've got LaVanya Jones and her husband, Frederick. Does he go by Fred? Yes. Okay. Yes. We, got, we got LaVanya and Fred on the line, really just going to give us an additional perspective on how do we approach this next generation, and they've got, they've got a story to tell. So, LaVanya and Fred, welcome back. Welcome to the first time to the I Work For Him show. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Thank you. 
Well, Thank you so much. I'm glad to have <laughs> you here. We got we don't usually get three people on the phone into the I Work for Him show, so it's gonna be a little bit of a circus. But Karis, if you think I need to ask him a question that I don't ask, that you got to just you know butt me butt in. It's fine. All okay. right. So Lavanya Jones is a fierce next new generation business strategist. I love that in your bio, Lavanya. That 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 says Jesus was kind of fierce, and he was a new generation strategist too. So where where did you where did you get that? Fierce next generation business strategy. Where did you get that from? Um, actually, I didn't come up with that. Um, just talking to a lot of friends that I've worked with, uh, people who worked with me before, um, as I was developing my bio, and that was something they said about me. So we put it in there. <laughs> So, put it in the bio, so. so so talk both of you very very quickly. How, how old are you, Lavanya? How old are you? Thirty one. All right, and Fred, how old are you? Thirty one. Okay, so you're thirty. We got we got we got thirty one across the board here. So these are people that are experiencing the workplace and the church place in a different perspective than me. I'm forty eight, going on forty nine years old. It looks different. So I want to hear first though from Lavanya and Fred. Tell me today, how is Christ making an impact in your life today? Because we do that with every guest before we get to talk about the fun stuff. Now I just said that wrong. That came out wrong. Before we get into our topic for the day, I want to hear how Christ is making an impact because that's more important than anything else. Okay, well, I guess I'll go first. Um, right now, really, I'm working on finishing my doctorate. So the biggest way that Christ is making an impact in my life is just helping me stay sane and stay in peace <laughs> and keep me pe- peaceful and just um, helping me through this whole process as I complete my degree. And Fred, what about you? Uh, by me, uh, Christ is making an impact in my life is first um, just learning how to be have peace within myself and, and demonstrate that peace with others. And my name means peaceful world. So I want every day I want to wake up just to demonstrate peace and love to everyone that I meet as well as with myself. And, and that's powerful because that's exactly what Jesus did. He always led with peace and love, and, and he touched people, and everybody he touched, whether physically or mentally or emotionally, they were never the same. And, and and you guys asked me to ask the questions. Akira said, Let, let's ask Lavanya and Fred these questions. How do you put, how do you succeed in putting God first into your life? Well, I know for, I know for me, um, putting God first in my life um, is just waking up every day, um, having the sense of knowing my identity and living through my purpose and, and, and with that, learning how to bring value to people. And um, every moment that I get a chance to to demonstrate peace and love uh, with those that I meet, as well as my family, and just to demonstrate that that those aspects of Christ. And Fred, how then? Yeah. How, I'm, I'm going to just just a second, Lavanya. How then, Fred, has that impacted how you look at your workplace on a daily basis? Well, the impact how it impacted my work in a daily basis uh, on a daily basis is uh, one. Before I even knew Christ, um, I was very angry, um, very just, I look at people, i give you a prime example, is people will say something out of the way, I will look at them, either they're ignorant or they don't know what they're talking about, or I give them like, like a blank stare. But since I found the Lord and since I found Christ, um, now I kind of have this patience or, or I try to get this sense of peace and just make sure that I say nice things and kind things and speak the truth to people besides um, 
wanting to be like devious or mischievous or lie about certain situations. So for me, impact, impacting in the workplace just helped me to just show love and peace to everyone besides being angry and just not happy with things that are going on in my personal life or with someone else's life. Mm. Lavanya, what about you? How did you learn to put God first in your life? Really learn just involving him in every single moment of every single day. So from the time I wake up, thanking him, um, speaking his word over my day, as I go throughout my day, keeping God top of mind, talking to him all throughout the day, um, as I'm doing my work, my schoolwork, involving him in that, asking him how I should do it, how I should approach situations. And the same thing um, as my husband, you know, when I encounter situations that may be frustrating for me or annoying or, or whatever, just really seeking God, you know, for that peace in the situation and how to po- approach it in a peaceful and loving manner. So just really, for me, involving God in every aspect of everything I do. Okay, so that makes sense then how you incorporate that in your work because you're saying you're applying it to everything that you do. But where did yeah. you guys, how did you guys wake up to the idea of your faith impact in your work? Where did you experience first experience this paradigm shift and, and how do you keep it going? For me, it was um, in college. I went to a church that really, really stressed that, and I was introduced to the teachings of John Maxwell and Kara's dad, Oz Hillman. Um, and so, learning, well, I got to stop you, know, you for just stop you for a second there, Lavanya. Okay. You said you went to a church that really yes. emphasized that. Please, yes, please, please tell everybody what the name of that church is. <laughs> it was um, Living Waters Christian Fellowship. It's under a new name now um, in Virginia. I believe it's Restoration Christian Center now. Cause, because um, yes. that's what I want everybody who goes to church around the country in 10 years after this show's gone from sea to shine and sea, I want everybody to say what you just said, that you went to a church that really emphasized that, because that's yes. that's what we're missing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but that was powerful. <laughs> no, uh, you're fine. It is. I mean, it was very rare. You know, um, that wasn't, I had learned about faith, but when I went to college, the church I was at really just stress incorporating God in every day, including your work. We had a lot of people in the military. So really, um, my pastor was really big on helping them learn how to navigate their faith while being in the military because there's so many temptations being in the military. I mean, even being a college student on a college campus. Mm-hmm. You know, so how to maintain that walk with God and that purity and holiness, um, you know, while you're in those type of environments. All right, so this this paradigm shift, so you were taught it. Karis, you grew up in it. Fred, what about you? How did the how did you gain the, the paradigm shift in your mind to recognize that your faith was supposed to impact your work? Well, my story is a little bit different. Um, I didn't grow up to a church that you know, spoke about things that were impacting faith and work in the, in the marketplace. So I, I had to study on my own and just kind of hang around with people that are actually demonstrating um applying their faith into believing for God for um, crazy things and when things are out of their out of their situation and just believing for God just to make things happen uh, in the business world. So I just kind of modeled that particular behavior in and learning how to just uh, apply that apply that faith in the marketplace and just believe in God's when situation and circumstances are out of my out of my hands, just trust that God will provide for that situation for me um i would say it was more of like trusting god okay besides just trying to trust my own self (laughs) so have you any of you had a supervisor or a manager in your workplace that demonstrated 
consistently and in a trustworthy manner that their faith impacted their work. And when they said they were a Christian, it really changed the way they approached their work. Have any of you experienced that in the in the workplace? No, I haven't. Um, everywhere I worked, I was mainly the one that was a Christian and demonstrating that. <laughs> okay, what about you, Fred? Uh, no, I have not experienced that at all in the workplace. Everywhere I have worked, either have been micromanaged or they uh, have been on a bureaucratic um, um, <laughs> places at work. So it, it, I had to be the light in the workplace and when you're surrounded by different people that have different beliefs and negative elements that's around there, it's, it's kind of challenging. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Karis? Well, um, when I was working as a server, I would say no, um, kind of a similar situation. You know, you, you kind of were the one that was the most, you know, knew God and was the light in that place. Um, gosh, um I worked for a department store, so that was that was different. They had a culture that was very kingdom oriented, but they they didn't uh, you know talk specifically about that. And then, of course, working with my job's organization, um, just seeing that modeled, um, I definitely have seen it there. So um, I've got I've got a little bit of everything with that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's tough, you know. Uh, my biggest thing that I want my listeners to hear before we we take a break is just how important it is to be real and and not be a hypocrite in your faith so that you guys as 31 year olds can trust those people that are leading you so how important is that's the dumbest question ever i was going to ask how important is integrity in helping you guys trust people you know i I don't even know how to ask the question right i I mean I, i just know that you guys look at trust differently now lavanya or or fred did either of you guys grow up in broken homes Yes, I, we both did. You both did. Okay. So I got all three of you. Now, did that impact your ability to trust? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely for me. Um, I never – now, my father is, is a great guy and everything. He did the best that he knew how to do of what he known how to do it. So um, I never had that model of um, trusting trusting people as well as not even trusting myself. So – to answer your question. That's, that's yeah. a tough one. So here, here's the news that I want to make sure everybody's hearing. We've got, a, we've got a generation where the majority of the kids that are 20 and 30, yes, your kids, because I'm almost 50, are, <laughs> that the majority of you, the majority of you and your friends grew up in broken homes. That's not everybody, but the majority, more than 50%. Yeah, that's true. And it really impacts how you view life, and it's really had an impact on how you view church, the hypocrisy in the church, because every church has hypocrites, because we all attend. Um, <laughs> I, don't, didn't, I don't know if that went over your head or not, because it's, you know, I'm, I'm a hypocrite, too, because I make mistakes all the time. But <laughs> but we, you guys step back, and you're, you're a lot slower to trust, because you didn't see that your mom and dad would keep to their commitment, and it really impacted how you trusted other people. People. Yeah, absolutely. I know for me, um, it, it was very important at a young age uh, with me helping rebuild that trust is getting into a church environment where I could see other couples that were maintaining that covenant um, and were operating well. And so I knew I needed that because I didn't come from that. So I purposely put myself um, around couples that were godly examples. And that really helped in me developing as a person, as a woman, and preparing to be a wife. Um, and, e- and even just how I manage relationships, understanding boundaries, 
um, you know, and just understanding myself and the things that I would invite and not invite into my life. Mm. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, oh, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. All right, yeah, um, I know for me, like, Lavanya, my wife, she helped me to trust her and other people because I grew up in the inner city. So um, growing up in the inner city, we had brotherhood. So what that means is that your loyalty was everything. And if you didn't have loyalty, then we couldn't trust you uh, even with our own lives. So I took that as in my personal family. So if you didn't make, if you didn't uh, stand, if you didn't stand with your commitment, I looked at that as a broken trust factor, and that also um, helped. That also did um, cause a uh, conflict between me and God as well as trusting God and trusting His promises because I never seen that model in, in my house in my household. Mm. So. It's powerful. Lavanya and Fred, I want to thank you guys for calling in and just adding to the perspective. We're just trying to drive a point home for all the listeners here in Tampa Bay and that are online, and we've got listeners all over the world, that that we need to step back and look at the damage we've done to the next generation and how we can look at it. And also, as Kara said, you know, God is bringing a huge healing work in her emotions, and that's really what needs to happen in this next generation. We need to just talk about how God restores all things. So, Lavanya and Fred, thank you for calling in. Thank you for your example. Keep it up. And next time you guys are in Tampa Bay, we'll have you right here in the studio on the I Work For Him show. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Karis, as we, as we look at the uh, this whole concept, you've written this book, TGIF Next Gen, because you saw that the way your dad's devotionals touched my heart wouldn't necessarily touch the next generation's heart because they had different perspective. Was it hard to come up with that 365 devotions? <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it definitely took some time. Um, yeah, I mean, there's my dad's devotionals, I think, will touch people no matter what age they are. However, I do think that our generation specifically, just they need more of a touch from God. It's just knowing that God cares so much for them, that God just, you know, is just up in heaven, like, you know, yeah, go, you know, he's carrying us on. And to have that positive perspective of who God's character and God's nature is, I really wanted to drive that point home in the book. And so hopefully, (laughs) hopefully we did that with this book. But um, it's just so important, I think, for us to be able to get to a point of trust with God. And, um, you know, that impacts so many other areas of our lives and living with holiness, you know, as LaVanya mentioned, and, and that just, you know, putting him first in every area. Well, I think the biggest thing is just we've got to stop judging God based on human performance. Because right. we, we have, we, human beings will let us down 100% of the time at some point mm-hmm. in time. But God will never let us down. But we keep judging. There's a lot of my friends who who grew up in different church backgrounds that uh, they were abused by the church mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever it may be. And they don't have any time for God because of how humans treated them. Instead of recognizing right. that that wasn't God's doing, that was humans doing. Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. It's so tough. But that healing that you talked about at the beginning of the show today, that, that God is able to heal you and in, in your emotions. I mean, he's able to heal you from the inside out. And, and there's nothing that's broken that he can't heal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It says in Isaiah, he binds up the broken heart and sets the captive free. And that is absolutely true. And, 
you know, those things I mentioned earlier that God really used to just help me. I mean, I feel like in certain ways, you know, I felt I began to feel different as he was doing different things in my life. I began to feel lighter. I began to have more peace and joy. And so, um, you know, when we're able to really show that to others, they'll notice that there's a difference. They'll notice there's something different about us. You know, when we let God's presence just be with us wherever we are, they know that something's different. And if people see a great example and they see that we're happy and we're filled with joy and just love and life, they're going to want that. And so I think that's really important that we're authentic. Hmm. Tell me, I just had two kids graduate from college in the last two weeks. And, and so they're part of this next generation. And now they didn't grow up in a broken home. My wife and I have been married the whole time. But they have had, obviously, lots of friends that that has impacted. What kind of advice do you have for kids like my kids who were able to grow up in a stable home environment and those other kids that graduated alongside of them, you know, as they try to gain this perspective on the workplace? What kind of advice do you have as having been out of college for a few years now? What kind of perspective, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, well, I would just, you know, encourage them that, you know, God God wants to use us wherever we are, you know, and you know, being a student or just graduated or whatever job we find ourselves in. God God wants to use us and he wants us to bring his love to other people. And um you know, if you're if you're looking to you know figure out a career field, um, you know, I would I would recommend taking some assessments and um, you know just kind of figuring out what you enjoy, what you don't like. Um, you know, you could try different jobs and see. You know, well, what what do I really enjoy doing? And you know, I know that there's a big need uh, in society to you know for people to go into the me- medical field. Engineering is a real big one business and teaching are all great fields, Um, you know, I would really recommend looking at things that solve a problem in culture Mm, and also that connect, you know, also that connect to your passion. Um, And sometimes it takes some trial and error to figure out what that is, but there's a lot of tools that can help young people do that. Karis, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for thanks for sharing with this next generation. Listen, we got to close out the show, but thank you so very much for being part of the I Work For Him show today. Thank you so much, Jim, for having me. It's a real, real honor. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. 